0: baptism. And I studied this in the scriptures for many years. Uh, I remember first noting uh, when I actually before I started college I was noting that there was more than one kind of baptism that was listed in scripture. And as I began to explore that I thought well there's the The baptism of water that the disciples were to uh, conduct with all those who put their faith in Jesus and, and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And then the more I got to studying, the more I realized there were more than those two. And as I began to research the subject and have studied them over the years, I find really that there are seven different baptisms mentioned in scripture in the new testament that have to do with the church and as a consequence of that uh, i want to touch base with you this morning on those seven baptisms because uh, most of them we will experience there are excuse me there are a couple of them that we may not experience Uh, Unless uh, times change, but that many of our persecuted brothers are certainly experiencing. And so as we look at this this morning, um, I want to begin kind of in the beginning with the baptism of John. And if you look at uh, the third paragraph under the baptism of John, uh, this is the baptism of Jesus in the Jordan River. And, uh, using the word of, uh, may be a little misleading because at times we should look at it as in. Uh, and so as we go along, we'll see and note those occasions. But this is John's baptism in the Jordan. Jesus arrived from Galilee at the Jordan, coming to John to be baptized him. But John tried to prevent him saying, I have need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answering said to him, Permit it at this time, for in this way it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he, John, permitted him, Jesus. After being baptized, Jesus came up immediately out of the water, and behold, The heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending as a dove and lighting on him. And behold, a voice out of the heavens said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. It's hard to say, as we look at some of the other Gospels, who all heard that specific announcement. Some seem to hear it thunder, But Jesus uh, heard it clearly, and possibly some of the disciples, that this was the Son of God. And John's observation was, this is the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. We find that in the first chapter of John's Gospel, who, by the way, is not John the Baptist. It's two different Johns. There's a lot lot of Johns, actually. Um, But... In the first chapter, John uh, the Baptist says, This is the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. So when Jesus appears at the Jordan River to be baptized, John is offering a baptism of repentance. He has been preaching uh, righteousness and holiness and uh, persuading the people with the message of God that the hypocrisy uh, of Israel and the backsliding of Israel needs repentance and they need to come back to God with all of their heart. And so when Jesus shows up, John the Baptist is thinking, he does not need any repentance. There, there's nothing in this man to require repentance. And he says, I need you to baptize me. I I don't need to, to be baptizing you. And Jesus says, allow it to be. Now, it's interesting that in the book of Acts, the scripture says the gospel was being presented beginning with the baptism of John and going all the way through the resurrection and the ascension. The baptism of John was the specific beginning of the ministry of Jesus Christ. Until that time, he had been living in Nazareth, except for his early childhood. Apparently, Joseph had died. Jesus was the head, then, of the household. It was his responsibility to uh, see that the family business was uh, carried on uh, appropriately, and that apparently was a carpentry uh, shop or a carpentry effort. Could even have been construction of the temple. Uh, Many carpenters were employed from the region, and they would go uh, to assist in the building of Herod's temple. He just really... Uh, We don't have any scripture to tell us what all was happening, except that Jesus was living a rather normal life uh, and working uh, on behalf of the family and with his brothers. And so um, at this moment in time, he leaves the family. And he goes to John in the Jordan And he is baptized in identification with all of us, with human beings. Jesus is, in essence, saying, I don't need to be baptized. I am entirely holy. In fact, he is sinless. But I am being baptized in identification with sinful human beings whom I have come to save. That's in essence what was going on with Jesus in the Jordan. And that is his uh, clear identification that um, places him, uh, as it were, among humanity, as the one who identifies with us in our sin and becomes the sin bearer. And what is the Father's response to that? This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. And so, John the Baptist offers a baptism of repentance. And Jesus participates in that in identification with human beings who need to repent even though he did not. Later on, uh, Jesus is speaking to his disciples, and this is toward the end of his earthly ministry. And Jesus said to them, that they said, we'll go anywhere with you, we'll do anything with you, we'll follow you to the ends of the earth, there's nothing that'll keep us from, from uh, being your loyal followers. And Jesus said to them, Uh, And uh, also, uh, James and John, uh, their mother appeals to him that one could sit on the right and one could sit on the left in the kingdom. And um, all of this kind of uh, spiritual, political stuff is going on. And Jesus says, you do not know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or to be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized? And they said to him, We're able. Little did they know. And Jesus said to them, The cup that I drink, you shall drink. And you shall be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized. Baptized. And when we look at the Scriptures uh, in, in the full context of these verses, what Jesus is in essence saying is, the cup that I am about to partake of is a cup that is a baptism of, of uh, suffering and uh, a, a baptism... I've got... Um, fire and suffering down here twice but this is this is a baptism of suffering and the baptism of the cross that of martyrdom that is coming up before him and the disciples uh, are somewhat glib in their response that they can be baptized with that kind of baptism The Apostle Paul said, I have counted everything, this is Philippians chapter 3, I have counted everything that was gained to me as loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ. He said, "I, I am willing to follow Christ and to come to know Him The baptism of his suffering, the the fellowship of his suffering, being baptized into conformity to his death, whatever the cost, whatever the price, I want to know Jesus. In another place he says in Colossians that I might make up in this body of mine the sufferings of Jesus Christ. And what he's in essence saying is that as part of the body of Christ, that I might continue to experience his suffering on our behalf. The women that went to the uh, district retreat yesterday heard about the church in China. And they heard about the tremendous cost and price that many Chinese believers are paying for their faith. And the interesting thing about that, I I think there was one story about a man who had been in prison for a little over 20 years, was finally released and uh, allowed to go back to his home. His wife had died two weeks before he got out of prison after all those years. And he went back to a very small uh, apartment, Um, in essence a a little two-room apartment. Um, And since he had been gone, the uh, government had taken over the first floor and turned it into a police station. And so uh, his apartment was on the third floor and the first floor was a police station. And he was prohibited from preaching or teaching or speaking about his faith or having anything to do with that. But he would uh, leave his windows open and sing uh, songs to the Lord. And ultimately, he was teaching up to 1,600 people Per week. They filled the corridors. They filled the outside. They filled his little apartment. They stood everywhere, every day of the week, uh, up to 1,600 in a week's time, to hear the message of Jesus Christ and the gospel and to understand his teaching of the scriptures. And in essence, what the speaker said, Was believers in China fully expect to suffer for Christ, and it's part and parcel of following Him. They do not shrink back, nor are they afraid. They fully anticipate that their following Jesus will be a costly endeavor. You know, we don't suffer like that. We can walk around McHenry or wherever you happen to work and be essentially incognito as a Christian. That's why I wanted to start with I'll tell the world that I'm a Christian. Water baptism is supposed to be, and I realize I've changed topics here for a moment, but water baptism is supposed to be a public testimony of identity with Jesus. And it doesn't cost us very much. But many believers across the world, it costs them dearly. And some of them, it costs their lives. They are martyrs for the faith. And they are sharing the baptism of the suffering of Christ even as all the disciples suffered ultimately death as followers of Jesus Christ. And so um, there is a baptism of suffering and of uh, fire. And then after that, uh, in the third and fourth, as for me, I baptize you with water for repentance John the Baptist is saying this, but the one who comes after me is mightier than I. I'm not fit to remove his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. In this case, fire refers to the holiness and purity. And the baptism of the Holy Spirit refers to the Holy Spirit being poured out upon a believer as they submit to his... Uh, control and empowerment and if you recall from Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost as they were meeting in the upper room and they were assembled there in prayer suddenly the room was filled with a rushing mighty wind now there's a reason why it was a wind because it was the breath of God coming upon them And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Frankly, in the book of Acts and in the New Testament, there's filling and baptism. Um, They're very, very closely identified. But to be baptized in the Holy Spirit means to be immersed in Him. To be covered with the Holy Spirit. Just as if we had baptized today... The candidates would have been immersed in the water. To be baptized in the Holy Spirit is to be immersed in the Holy Spirit. And cloven tongues as of fire rested upon each of them. And that fire represented the holiness that the Holy Spirit brought to them as he empowered them to live Godly lives like Jesus Christ. And so there is the baptism of the Holy Spirit and of fire. But there's also the concept of being filled with the Holy Spirit that involves not only the covering of the Holy Spirit for empowerment, but the indwelling, filling control of the Holy Spirit for godliness and purity and holiness that we might walk in the power of God inside and outside. And so there is the baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire, numbers 3 and 4. Number 5, there is a the baptism in water unto Christ. Now, this is the one that we're all so familiar with. Jesus said to his disciples, As you go into all the world... Make disciples of all the nations, teaching them to observe all the things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you to the end of the age. They are to baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. In other words, they are to go into the water as a testimony that they have identified with Jesus, that they have gone under the water and come out of the water as Jesus went into the grave and came out of the grave. They have been baptized potentially in the Holy Spirit. He is available to them. They can be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And immersed in the triune God in whom we live and move and have our being. So, water baptism is an outward sign of what has happened to us inwardly by the Spirit. And it's important to realize that water baptism in and of itself does nothing I want to underscore that. Just as communion that we'll talk about in a moment, drinking juice or wine and eating bread does nothing. In and of themselves, you just get wet and you get a taste of drink and bread. It will not save you. It will not sanctify you. It will not make you a part of the church. It will not make you holy. It is an outward testimony in a picture form of what has happened internally by the work of the Holy Spirit to bring us to faith in Jesus Christ, to immerse us in Christ, to anoint us in holiness, and to give us an identity as followers of Jesus Christ. And when we are baptized in water, we are saying to everyone who is watching... I am a follower of Jesus Christ. I have put my faith and trust in Him. I have been buried with Him by baptism into death, and I have been raised with Him to walk in a new life. This is what has happened to me, and I want to give all of you a picture of what has transpired in my life. So that baptism is an outward sign of the inward reality. But anybody can go in this pool and get wet. Unless it is coupled with faith as a means of identifying with Jesus, it has no power. It has no meaning it must be combined with faith as an outward testimony of the inward reality. Just as communion must be a testimony that I have identified with Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, who shed His blood for me and had His body broken for me, this I identify with. And so the communion, the koinonia, is the fellowship with Jesus at the table. And it shows our identity with him. Uh, This is very important for us. In fact, if you look at this sheet, you find there's one central heading on the first page and another on the second, baptism and communion. As uh, Protestants or as Evangelicals, technically we're not Protestants, but we're Evangelicals and starting to have some wonderings about that. But anyway, we're followers of Jesus Christ. We believe there are two essential sacraments of the church, if you want to call it a sacrament. There's baptism and there's communion. The Catholic Church has seven sacraments. They have other things identifying uh, us with Christ. But Jesus only left us two things. baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you show forth my death until I come again. Those are the only two things that Jesus left us to do by way of symbolic meaning of our, in, uh, of our walk with him. So the baptism in water is unto Christ as an outward sign of faith. Now if you'll turn the page over if you happen to be following the outline, the Outward testimony that we give in water, whether it's a lake, a (laughs) river, a swimming pool, a baptistry, wherever we are, however we do that, it is an outward sign of something that happens inwardly that Paul describes in Romans chapter 6 when he says, do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death? Therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have become united with Him in the likeness of His death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of His resurrection. Knowing this, that our old self was crucified with Him, that the body of sin might be done away with, so that we would no longer be slaves to sin, for He who has died is freed from it. This is a very important passage, and uh, would that everyone who is baptized by immersion as a believer understand the, the symbolic meaning of what they are saying. Because when we are baptized into Christ, we are baptized into His death. Not in the water, but in the Spirit. We are baptized into his death. We have been buried with him by baptism unto death as Jesus died on the cross and was buried and placed in the tomb. So that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. For if we've become united with Him in the likeness of His death, certainly in the likeness of His resurrection. The significance there is that we are showing, and this is the spiritual reality, that we have died with Jesus Christ. And here's the mystery of God who is over time But in a mysterious spiritual way, we are in union with Jesus Christ on the cross. As far as God is concerned, the death that Jesus died on the cross, we died with Him in the payment for our sin. What He did for us, we were placed in Him 2,000 years ago and identified with Him so that the atoning blood of Christ and the broken body is applied to us by faith. And as a consequence, we died to the old nature that the body of sin would be done away with. Now, that's very important. It, it doesn't mean that we don't have a carnal nature, but it means it was rendered powerless, helpless. It no longer has control of us. It died in Jesus with us. And we died with Him in it. And so, we have been freed from the bondage and power of sin. That's glorious. And then when we come up out of the water, we are raised with Him to walk in a brand new life. We come up in resurrection glory. Remember Resurrection Sunday message? We come out of the water in resurrection glory, Because we have come out of the grave to the old man in resurrection power. So that we can walk in Jesus Christ in the glory of his power. Jesus said the things that you've seen me do you shall do also in greater things than these. Because I'm going to my father and the Holy Spirit that I have had I am giving to you. To empower you for a new life. And so we have been empowered through Jesus Christ. In his resurrected glory. That we might walk in freedom from the bondage of sin. This means. Brothers and sisters. That we. Sin. Because we choose to, not because we have to. We have been released from bondage through the power of Jesus Christ. And so, this is the real spiritual baptism of which water baptism is the outward symbolic representation. And finally, when we're raised in Christ to to live a new life, for even as the body is one, this is number seven, yet has many members, and all the members of the body, though they are many, are one, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we were baptized into one body whether Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of that one Spirit. When we come to Jesus Christ and are born again, the Holy Spirit baptizes us into Jesus. And in placing us in Jesus, He makes us To fulfill a role that has been uniquely designed by God and empowered and equipped by the Holy Spirit for us to fill. Some of you this morning are a thumb. You say, I don't want to be a thumb. That's not very nice. It's just a thumb. Did you know that your thumb is responsible for 50% of the control of your hand. Without your thumb, you have lost 50% of your hand's dexterity. Pretty important, wouldn't you say? Fingers, eyes, heart. Where would you be without your heart? Where would you be without your tummy? The one that receives the food, not the one that's over your belt. Where would you be without your tummy? Where would you be without your body parts? God has designed you for a role. You are uniquely empowered by a spiritual gift, one or more, to fill that role, to fit that place. And the Holy Spirit places you into the body of Christ. He baptizes you into Jesus. So you're stuck in the place where you belong. And if you don't fulfill your role, the hand only has 50% of its dexterity. You're going to have to be fed through an IV because you don't have a tummy. You're not going to be able to walk very well because your big toe doesn't work. Just like the thumb's responsible for 50% of your hand, your big toe is responsible for a huge portion of your balance. The nerves in your big toe tell your body when it's upright and not. So if you want the church to be spinning around and standing on end, just don't be a big toe if that's what you were made to be, and the body is going to suffer and fall and stumble And not do well. As someone with severe diabetes. Who no longer can feel their toe. How well that works. Not so well. So there are these seven baptisms. That. Are available to us. We don't particularly need John's per se, but we do need repentance and faith to come to Christ. Not all of us will suffer and experience the, the fire of persecution. But all of us by faith are baptized into Christ. All of us, by faith, are baptized into the Spirit, or we can be. All of us, by faith, are offered the water baptism of immersion as a testimony. These are the baptisms that are available to us. The other order for the body is communion. And you are very well aware of that. We do that every month. But every time we drink the cup and eat the bread, we testify to the Lord's death, His burial, His resurrection, and His coming again. And we recall that we are identified with Jesus Christ. I hope that's given you... Some things to think about. I hope you embrace those which are available to you. And if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, embrace the baptism of the Holy Spirit that you might walk in the power of resurrected life because it is ours for that privilege.